I now want to, to do what I'm supposed to do, which is to what? Oh, yeah. Teach the word of the Lord. Um, and, you know, uh, I have to be careful because I, I'm one of those individuals who is blessed with liking what he does. Sorry. Um, and I don't mind hiding in, 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 a, in a room with books. I don't mind going out in places with shadows to touch lives. Um, the day of 4th of July, you know, is not my birthday, but I was in Nashville on my route to St. Louis, and, and I decided to, on Nashville, to have what kind of food? It had bourbon. Everything had bourbon there. So it was my first time, so I, I went online. You know, it's easy. And I looked up for an artist hangout. And I found a place called, very appropriately called the Canvas for hanging out artists. So I go there. It was very close to the fireworks. And I want to see that. So I hang out with these people. Well, long story short, I did see the fireworks with a whole bunch of them in the 10th story of this parking garage that we climbed up over a fence and under to get up there. Um, and, and we saw the beautiful fireworks in Nashville. But I ended up uh, at the grill uh, sitting with a couple discussing their marriage. They asked me, what do you do? I'm a pastor. Oh, wonderful. Where are you? So I told him, and I always have to sneak in tomorrow's my birthday. Oh, here's a shot. No. I have to drive back. But, but, you know, people are hungry. People are yearning. People are desiring to speak with somebody that would understand them. And that's my phone, most likely. Um, ignore it. It's probably my grandma. She remembers that she has a grandson who's a pastor around 11 o'clock. No, it's not mine. <laughs> Good. Uh, so, um, God is out there in us, and people are looking to hear. I, I wear this little thing that reminds me of Luke 10, 02, 10, 2. Luke 10, 2. Look it up. Let us then read the word of the Lord as it is found in your worship guides. No one knows who actually wrote the book of Hebrews, except some scholars believe it was Paul. Some scholar believes it was a woman, because the only uh, uh, article that refers to the author is, could be understood either in male or female gender. I like to contend, just because I have my oppositional disorder, that it may have been Priscilla, the one of the writers of the book of Hebrews. Uh, and, and it's fascinating because Priscilla, as one of the apostles, is, is very much a Jewish Gentile, uh, meaning that she was like Paul in the sense that she was a Jewish, a Jewish person, but raised in Gentile country. So she knew the ways of the Gentiles, but she also knew the ways of the Jews. But for argument's sake, let's just read Scripture as it is found in Hebrews uh, chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. Listen to and for the word of the Lord. Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, He has spoken to us through His Son. God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance. And through the Son, He creates, created the universe. The Son 
radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God as He sustains everything by the mighty power of His command or His word. When He had cleansed us from our sins, He sat down in the place of honor at the right hand and majesty of God in heaven. The word of the Lord. The writer of Hebrews is beginning already with the idea that Jesus is a better deal. The entire book of Hebrews is an argument of the writer, most likely Paul. I just said that to create some conflict. Most likely Paul, he's telling the Hebrews that, yes, you have the law, you have the sacrifices, you have all of these wonderful rituals, you have all of these wonderful laws that none of us can comply with, but yet there is something more excellent. The King James talks about Jesus being more excellent is the word that it uses. Our translation uses is a greater benefit, is of greater meaning. So, the argument is that if you are a believer in any other religion, I'm fine with that. Whether it be Judaism, whether it be Islam, whether it be Buddhism, whatever. Even if you claim to be an agnostic, even if you claim to be a, a skeptic, I'm fine with that. But let me tell you one thing. There is something better out there, and we call Him Jesus. And this is what the entire book of Hebrews is dealing with. So, that's the overscope of the book. And initially, right there, it is introduced to us that Jesus is supreme over all the other gods and lords. Now, I'm picking up on our series that I began two weeks ago before I went to St. Louis on the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. And I was reminded by the song of my good old friend, Rich Mullins, that had that phrase that stories like this make a boy grow bold, stories like this make a man walk straight. And he was referring to the stories of the Old and New Testament, particularly to the stories of Abraham who God appeared to him, the story of Joseph, who God literally spoke to him, the story of Isaac, Jacob, and Joshua, Moses, who saw God in a burning bush, Daniel, who experienced the presence of God as he is in the oven, Deborah, and Saul, Rebecca, Ruth, who also experienced God. They all experienced God, and their stories are actually a living testimony of that experience that they have with the living God. Last week, I briefly discovered or discussed the idea of, of the powerful spirit of creation, how God's spirit begins action with creating everything that is seen and everything that is not seen. That was two weeks ago. We heard that the spirit of God in creation creates life. And not just merely existence, it creates the quality of life that can be enjoyed in harmony with the Creator and creation and with one another. We heard also that the spirit of creation brings to order and out of our chaos, out of our own self-induced chaos as we prayed. It brings order, design, stability, and thus allowing for prosperity. We also discovered two weeks ago that God's creative spirit comes to our lives to bring shalom. And I use the word shalom because it's not merely peace absent of war, peace absent of conflict. It's well-being in our entire 
life, our financial life, our inner life, our outer life, our life with others is surrounded by the peace, the shalom that God brings. But we concluded with a very impactful experience as we took second chapter or the second verse of the first book of the Bible that reads, and the world was formless and empty, and darkness covered the, fa- the, 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 the waters of the earth. But the Spirit of God was brooding, hovering over the surface of the deep. Then God said, let there be light. And together we took that text and we owned it. We made it ourselves by realizing that we were in that state, that we were that formless chaotic and empty world as we read it with our names. In my case, it was an Edwin was formless and empty, and darkness covered the soul of Edwin. But the Spirit of God was hovering, brooding over the face of Edwin. And God said, and we answered, let there be light. Can we say it together? And God said, let there be light. This morning, our text right from the beginning launches us back into the Old Testament, and it says, long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. Long ago. I mean, this is long ago. And long ago, God spoke in so many ways. Long ago, God elicits God's own Word, and God's Word does what is commanded to do. Long ago, God's powerful Spirit went into action and created everything that is seen and unseen, as we saw. Long ago, God spoke in apparitions as the angel of the Lord to Noah, to Abraham, to Isaac and Jacob. Long ago, the Spirit of God spoke through the burning trees. Hello? That's weird enough. We kind of understand it because it happened long ago. That thing don't happen today. Watch it. Long ago, God's own powerful spirit fashioned the tablets and gave the law. Long ago, the same spirit, powerful spirit of God called David, anointed Samuel, called Daniel, reminded of God that there was an existence of a God to Rahab. That same powerful Spirit of God spoke through a mule, Balaam's mule, because Balaam just wouldn't listen. Long ago, that same Spirit of God spoke through the prophets in dreams, in visions, in insight and sudden awareness, simply with words or actions. You see, our Old Testament text… has the expectation, has the anxiety, the ecstasy of experiencing God. The Old Testament, oh yeah, uh, uh, Elijah, as we read first, as Chip read at the beginning, Elijah was hiding. This is in chapter 18. He has just experienced one of the amazing miracles. Elijah performed 16 amazing miracles from bringing water in a drought, from rising a child back to health, from feeding people who are hungry for a long time. Amazing miracles. Stories like that make a young person kind of become aware of God. Stories like that should make an older person like us walk straight. You see, Elijah experienced God in a very personal way, and then he runs away 
and feels empty. He feels lonely. He feels desolated. Remember what I told you at the beginning of our series? That in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God would come and go? That it is in the New Testament that we hear the Spirit of God dwelling, living, abiding with and in us. In the Old Testament, it would come and go. So, no wonder Elijah was experiencing this kind of depression. So, when God spoke to Elijah, oh, he had seen the miracles. He had spoken to God already, but he was still expecting the fire and brimstone that he had just seen fall upon the prophets of Balaam. He had just seen the water cover the earth that was parched dry. He wanted to see more splendor of miracles and fireworks and drums and all the excitement that we would look for as we would expect God in this very hectic and loud society. But it was not in the fiery storm, it was not in the windstorm that Elijah heard God. It was in the whispering wind. I once had a friend who paid a lot of money to go to a retreat in Wisconsin. And it was winter. And the teacher of the retreat walked in opened his Bible, read this text, and said, there is a brook that's covered with snow, February, the beginning of February, and this brook still alive. Go find it. And he left. And the course was called learning to listen to God's voice. And you pay a lot of money. You travel all the way across country to listen to that, and that's what you get? This Puerto Rican will have an issue. Thank God for the Spirit of God. So what the persons did, the students did, they walked out, and they began to search for the brook in the snow. But they had to be very quiet because it was basically a discipline or a discipleship exercise in learning to listen for the Word of God. And when one of them found it, he was so excited that he covered up the sound. And they all had to hover around and be very quiet, be very quiet and intentional. Stop moving. Stop moving. And they heard the babbling. But it required intentionality and it required settling down. Amazing, huh? When God speaks to us and we listen, then we can move and we can go with our lives. The second text tells us, but these last days, in the second part, He has spoken to us by His Son. So, the Son died. He is in the right hand of God the Father. But who did the Father and the Son send? Who? The Spirit. So, what did the Spirit do? Jesus said in John 14, 15, and 16, He describes His relationship, how He's going to be when He leaves, when He goes up to heaven. And He says, the Spirit of God will remind you of My words. So, amazingly, one of the things that we're going to hear, you know, from the Spirit of God is the words of Jesus. Because Jesus says that His words are truth. And truth satisfies the soul. 
Jesus said that his words were also spirit and life. That doesn't mean that they're just air, like it would mean the translation literally. It means that his words are active. His words are sent to us. We hear it and we respond. We reflect or we don't. So God speaks to all of us. You see, God is there and God is not silent in any way, shape, or form. Jesus also said that his words were eternal. They're not only true, they're not only spirit and life, they are eternal. This world shall disappear, but my word will always stay. So how do we hear God's word today? Let me give you just two recommendations, just two today. Only dos. How many? Très bien. De. Dos. The first one is, God speaks today. That's, that's the given. So, the, the, the reality is that we then intentionally have to seek that Word of God. If you do it one hour a week for 20 minutes as I'm speaking, okay, that's fine, and you will be a very, very weak Christian. But if you learn the things that we do here in church and you're practicing them at home, you learn the prayers, you learn the, 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 the gist of, and, and the purpose of all our worship is for you to take it home and do those little things at home. So the first thing is that you have to be intentional to listen to God's words. So what's the first one is being intentional. Secondly, you have to expect it anytime. It is going to come in the weirdest places, in the weirdest times, with the weirdest things. That's what I call gracious interaction. When we are baffled in our existence, when we are taken over by our concerns, when we are filled with anxiety and worries, suddenly this word comes through, through a song, a poem, a word of a child. It could be a donkey or a simple as a lick of a puppy in your hand. Think about it. So I want to practice something today. And I have two questions up here. It's going to take us five minutes and then we close. I want to practice with you a lectio divina, a reading, a divine reading, a reading of Scripture that I will do two times. And the first time I read this portion of Scripture, I, I invite you to, to just reflect and ask the question, what is God saying? You can expand and change the questions, what is God doing? Be flexible. And then the second time I read it, we're going to pause. And then the second time I read it, I want you to ask yourself, what is God saying to me? Not to me, to me. And you, you, you get it? Okay. In this same spirit of quiet, be intentional about listening to God's Word. And be also ready in case there is a graceful encounter and a word, a phrase, and oh my God, OMG moments may take place. So listen to and for the word of the Lord. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And Elijah stood there 
the Lord passes by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. And it was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And the voice said again, What are you doing here, Elijah? So in silence and reflection, we ask ourselves a question, what is God saying? What is God saying? Second reading. And as you hear the word, you may want to ask yourself, what is God saying to me? Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And the voice said, What are you doing here, Elijah? Even now, my dear sisters and brothers, God speaks to us. Thanks be to God.
out of the chaos that's within. Where can we go to find our meaning? Is there a place we can spoken word of our God come visit us with grace rise like a fragrance like a chord of music filling your holy place let us pray Spirit of God who has moved through the ages, how amazed are we that you would move in our, what we consider such insignificant lives. But yet, you have called us out of darkness when we were not a people, when we were just lost and confused, and, and you poured your amazing grace and powerful mercy in each one of our lives and called us your own. Call us your own so that we can then be your hands, your feet, your voice in this beautiful community that you've given us. Thank you for the power of your Spirit in our lives. Thank you for the inspiration of your Word. Thank you for speaking to us even today through your Son. We just praise and adore you, O oh God. And in this awesome moment of awe and inspiration, we, of all this great power and anointing, we send them, oh God, to those who are sick from our congregation, those who are ailing in body or spirit, those who are depressed, those who are just confused. Oh God, have mercy. Use us to bring light peace and order even in our lives. We thank you for the ways in which you bless our community. We thank you for the ways in which you bless our country and we pray for it earnestly. We pray, oh God, for our men and women who serve in the military, whether they are stateside or overseas. We see the names in our worship guide, and sometimes we don't even know who they are, but we pray and we lay hands on them, those names, so that your Spirit will touch, restore, strengthen, and redeem. Thank you, Spirit of God. And thank you for teaching us to, to be a community, to be together, not to be islands and just disconnected from one another. Because you not only dwell in us individually, but you dwell in the community as we move to touch this neighborhood with your love and your hope through Christ. And we thank you for him to to, to, who taught us to pray together in community. That beautiful prayer as we say together, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.